Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Craig Scott is from Melbourne, Australia. He's been in Taiwan 17 years. He is the CEO of Asaya, a company that produces machines to detect infectious diseases at scale. Now, what that means is that with the current COVID pandemic, the Asaya machine can detect infectious diseases in a matter of something like 10 minutes, as opposed to PCR tests, which take hours to get results. Last week, besides talking about the machine, Craig says that he fears another wave of the pandemic could be in the coming with a rise in Omicron variants of BA4 and BA5. Well, let's hear what else he has to say about that in today's episode. That's why I feel I, like this COVID is never ever going to go away. Maybe the approach we took was waiting for the silver bullet. Um, there is no silver bullet um, to to COVID, SARS-CoV-2 right now. The vaccines are non-sterilizing, um, and they have immune escape issues. So, you could have a mutation event and a reinfection uh, and a surge, and it'll slow down again, and then reinfection surge. Slow down, reinfection surge, and that could happen multiple times until we really start getting aggressive with early intervention.、Uh, we need to detect people earlier. The problem is, home care testing is great for the individual, but do you know people that don't report their positive status? That is, if you don't know what's going on in your communities and you don't know the reinfection status because people aren't reporting,、mm-hmm. that means you can't intervene with antivirals. You can't cut the viral loads. The transmission chains down. Remember, like like most things in statistics and probability, you only need one joker to break the rules to break the rules. At this moment, I think Taiwan is deciding to live with COVID, like some other countries or the rest of the world. Is that a smart way to do it? No, I don't think we should live with an infectious disease of this type. I mean, SARS-CoV-2 is not the flu. Okay, it, it, that's it. A, you you just mentioned it, the <laughs> flu. Now we've had the flu. This is a this is a positive sense <laughs> RNA single strand virus. Okay, this is not the flu. Okay, <laughs> this, because this virus comes from the same family as HIV. You know. Ah,、uh, I see. We need to be educated. I think even I know so little because in the beginning we were thinking that wait a minute, the flu has been around for ages, and people do die from it. How come we're not reporting about the flu as much as we do now with COVID? It's so not the flu. I mean, imagine the concept of having to take a flu shot every six months. So I, I think we're here. We're going to live with this for a while. The key is, you know, you need to identify early. You need to intervene early with antivirals. You need to cut transmission chains. If you don't do those three things, this thing will just keep recirculating. I'm very concerned about the reinfection of, of BA4, BA5 into highly vaccinated population. All right. So I'm worrying because I I know you know what you're saying. So all right. Yeah. What can we do to take precautions?、Yeah. I I think、um, we have to be pragmatic. So we we need to make wise choices in terms of social decisions. We know when we're in a situation that we need to wear a mask. For example, we know we're in a situation where maybe we shouldn't be. We need to be honest with ourselves if we do and get infected, and try and seek advice and help as quickly as possible, and report it so that we can get on antivirals. We need to cut the chains of transmission. So, I'm a strong proponent that people should be testing before they get on a plane, and I'm strong proponent that people should be testing for two days after they get off the plane、mm. with antigen testing. Okay.、Um, the concept of just letting people into the country with no testing is crazy. PCR tests. 
I can guarantee you there is well known that you can defeat a PCR test to get on a plane very easily. So mm. 48 hour PCR test is a crazy idea. How many cases come through the border every day in Taiwan? About 50 cases yeah. of people who apparently had a PCR test and were negative, but yet when they get here on arrival, they're positive. Yeah, why is that? That that did puzzle me. Yeah, yeah. Why did that happen? Tell us, <laughs> tell us and I PCR, thought that they got on the plane. Either, so either the PCR test itself was was, was not performed inaccurate. properly, it was yeah. off target, or 48 hour period before they got on the plane plane after they had their PCR test, they got infected, right? Oh my gosh. So, so PCR can be can be faulty. You know what I like about rapid antigen testing? I can sit in front of you. I can scrape your nose in one minute. I can post that same sample in about you know another minute. I can drop it onto a lateral flow essay. About 10 minutes later, I can read that and I can get a result. So in about 12 minutes in real time. And during that whole testing process, that sample, the chain of custody is very obvious, okay? You and I are in the same room, Yeah. <laughs> right? There's no breaking of the chain of custody. And yeah. then if I put you into the, the lounge, you know, to wait for the plane, you're in a secure space now. I know you're with other uninfected people, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, PCR, I've, I showed the PCR at the airport. It doesn't mean I'm not infected. It just means I have a PCR test that's negative. So where else do I think we should test? Hospitals, we should be testing entry. You know, you walk into a hospital, you should be antigen tests. Vaccination status has no relevance to whether you're infectious <laughs> or not. Oh, great. You could be triple boosted, right, with an extra four, you know, just for fun, right? And you could be incredibly infectious. So, so we can't, we, we need to look at a couple of things. Mm -hmm. Your vaccination certificate is very important, right? Mm -hmm. We need to know when you were vaccinated. But we, more important, we need to know your immune status. Um, do you have immunity? And then we need to know on the third thing is infectious status. Are you infected? The, mm. the great question that everyone's not asking right now is, are you infected? Mm. And are you infectious? Don't worry about, you know, wow, are you, in, are you vaccinated? Well, this is not really interesting. It's a historical fact. It's not a current status. I'm finding it very interesting, Craig, that you don't really have a medical background, but you seem <laughs> to know so much. SARS-CoV-19 in terms of diagnostics is not so much a medical problem as it is a complex systems problem. You need to dig into the complex system. And what fascinated me about this project was it's probably the most complicated system I've ever worked on. Wow. And I've worked on some pretty complicated problems. And so I actually didn't approach this from a medical perspective, more of a complex systems problem. I see. It's an incredibly complicated system. And what's scary about it is it's a complex system that's evolving very quickly. And a lot of the people who are working on this problem are, are assuming historical facts and they're assuming that it's static in nature. So they're making decisions, implementing policy that doesn't take into consideration the complex system is dynamic and changing and evolving. So you have to be really on top of the complex systems problem. Okay. And so if you don't change your mind and have a keep an open mind and be willing to change, you know, the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome, right? You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with Craig Scott, the CEO of ASEA which is a company that produces machines to detect infectious diseases at scale. So, Craig, what do you do from day to day? I mean, what, what things are you doing in terms of, you know, like, you know, your living habits because of COVID? I'm going to follow suit. What do you do? What do you watch out for? What do you, what do you practice? I seriously practice avoiding indoor spaces that are not ventilated correctly. Okay. And that's a 
that's a bit of a problem in Taiwan because people want to save money. So they tend to put the air conditioner on and close all the windows and there's not enough fresh air going into those spaces. So it just recirculates the air. So you're in a public space that's got not, not good outside ventilation. It's yeah. just internal recirculated air. Um, you're probably going to be at risk, you know. Okay. So that, that's a big thing that I avoid. So I like outdoor restaurants, for example. So I would prefer to sit on a terrace and find an outdoor space. Uh, same with cafes. I okay. like to walk in the park. I, I, I like to go to the beach. I, mean, I think the, the, the idea of wearing a mask outdoors is crazy. Do you agree yes, with me? <laughs> 100%. If you're in a park, if you're walking down the side street, if, if, if you're not in close quarters, if you're at an con outdoor concert, I'd wear a mask, okay? But if you're just walking down the street or, or you're in the park or in your beach or the garden, with the amount of UV during the day in Taiwan and the humidity levels, yeah. the outdoor transmission is, is not going to happen. But if you're in a bus or in a train or in a banquet or inside a temple or you go to a concert or you're in a department store and you've got a lot of close contact, you're in food, yeah, of course, wear a mask. But outdoors, no, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's what I think too. And then the other, the other thing too, be aware, yeah. surgical masks, once they get sweaty and yeah. wet and humidity and wet, their performance levels just go down very quickly. They're yes. not designed to, to operate when they're wet. Right. Yeah, I learned that. Now, there's this thing, um, you know how when you wear a mask too long, you know, you get bad breath and um, yep. there's this thing that you actually spray onto the inside and outside of your mask and when it smells. Is that yep. wise or not? I mean, I don't Does it oh. work? <laughs> I, I think the most important thing about a mask is that it's dry, not wet. So if you're going to uh. put moisture onto a mask <laughs> yeah. and it makes it wet, I don't care whether the spray is, <laughs> you know, whatever the spray is, uh, I don't think it's a good idea to wear a wet mask. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, and remember, surgical masks are interesting. They were designed originally with a four-hour life expectancy, right? Four hours? Um, yeah, of course. They were designed for surgical settings, right? So that they weren't designed to be worn all day, so ideally you should be changing the mask every four hours. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Okay, which would just create a, an environmental nightmare for yes. the PPE. I mean, did you know it takes about 150 years for a mask to actually biodegrade? Oh, gosh. So it's an that environmental nightmare right now. Yes. Be pragmatic about mask wearing. I mean, if it makes sense, then do it. If it doesn't make so much sense, maybe we should stop it. Take precautions. Wash your hands more. The other thing people we need to move to is wash your hands with soapy water, right? Yeah, not there's just a, water. A, with a, soap. Con yeah. Yeah, soapy water because here's the controversy, right? Your innate natural immune system, right? Your The system that basically keeps you healthy, right? Your innate mm -hmm. immune system, right? It mm -hmm. needs training. Now, if you oh. use alcohol all the time mm. and you put a mask on your mouth, you're just not getting, your immune system is not getting its training because every day there's pathogens that are in the air oh, that you touch. Oh, okay. You yeah. Oh. And, and we're so clean at the moment, right? Yeah. That, that we're, we're not getting exposed to some baseline pathogens right now. Oh. So our immune system is losing its training capabilities because every time there's a new there's a new variant of something coming through. Yes. So one of the things that we got a lot of because we wore masks so much is that we we actually got susceptible to other diseases because we there was no training. Our, our immune system was naive. Okay. And same with washing your hands. You know, kids who live in rural areas on farms get less respiratory diseases than kids who live in cities. So why does why do kids in the cities get asthma and why do the kids who live on the farms don't right yeah it's because they're getting exposed to the allergens and, and the pathogens and so their, their immune, immune system is much stronger oh. um, asthma you know is a great example mm -hmm. when you're a kid 
Can you remember how many people had peanut butter allergies? I know my son None. got asthma when he was little. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's a there's a higher propensity in modern society now to get allergies, right? Allergic reactions, right? So that's mm. a function of environment mm. and exposure. Um, the immune system, you know, is is needs to be trained. It just doesn't magically work. You need exposure to something to train it. Right. It doesn't help um, if you protect your children no, too no, much. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it, when I was in Australia, it was funny, you know, the kids were encouraged to go and play in the mud because you get a stronger immune system. I right. mean, it sounds so old wives' tale, but the reality <laughs> is it, there's science in that. There has to be an element of dirt and muck in your life to, to basically support that innate natural immune system, right? Right, right. So, well, despite COVID, what do you like about Taiwan? Oh, Taiwan, that's a great question. Healthcare system is great. I like the food. I like I like the softness of the culture. Um Taiwan oh. is a very safe place for me in terms of living. There's not much aggression here. Mm. Uh, it's a very pleasant place to be. Accessibility, it's 12 hours to US, 12 hours to Europe. So from a travel perspective, it's good. It's got a good diversity. You know, the, the people from all over the world I meet here are interesting. I like the weather. You uh, do? You've got mountains, you've got beaches. <laughs> oh, okay. You've got mountains and beaches. I, I ride my bike and I surf, which is fantastic. Great. Um, so for me, that's great. All uh, right. It's just a, it's a pleasant place to be. And one of the things about Taiwan is it's, it's a relatively soft culture, you know, so you don't you get don't get that overly aggressive feeling when you live in Taiwan. You know, you can leave your wallet in the taxi and the taxi driver will track you down and give it back with all the money in it. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what you uh, meant you by soft live. culture. OK, got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a very, you know, it's a hard working culture, but the living culture is relatively soft. Oh, now, sweet. You know, so for me, it's my choice. You know, I always think about should I move to North America or Europe or or go back to Australia, uh, I always end up in Taiwan. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Well, it's really great yeah. talking to you, Craig. I appreciate your expertise. I learned a lot from you, honestly, I did. So, but it's humbling. Sure. It's a humbling time, and I don't know how long this is going to go, but um, we can only just hope for the best. Thank you for your machine. Really, I hope that it would be you know, put into very good use around the world. Yeah, I hope to hear more from you. Yeah. Just uh, maybe other kind of, you know, inventions that you can come up with to help the global society. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so Craig. Much, it was uh, really great talking to you. Really thank you so it. much. Yes. Thank you. Really appreciate you having me. Thank you, Shirley. 